Hey there, welcome to the Student to CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Mason. We're talking to entrepreneurs who launched their business at a young age, and they're now killing the game. Tune in to our episodes as these guests spill the dirt on taking that leap into entrepreneurship just like they did. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Student to CEO podcast. I'm so excited to have Harry Sanders joining us today. Harry is the founder and director of Studio Hawk, the largest dedicated SEO agency in Australia, as well as the founder of Hawk Academy, an SEO training platform created to help solve the problem around education and digital. Harry has been featured in Forbes, named B&T's Entrepreneur of the Year, M&M Global Millennial of the Year, winner of the Australian Business Award for Marketing Innovation, and sits as a board member of AWIA, Australian Web Industry Association, all at the ripe old age of 23. Harry, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Ashley. Absolutely. I'd love if you could start off by sharing with our listeners what you do and what led you there. Sure. So I run a um, company called Studio primarily. Um, which uh, specializes in something in the digital marketing space called SEO. It stands for search engine optimization. So whenever you Google something, right, a bunch of you know websites obviously come back. But what happens behind the scenes is an algorithm actually scores them in what position they should come back at. Um, so for one of our clients, uh, an Australian brand called Officeworks, which is the Australian equivalent of Staples, um, by coming up at the top when people search for phones or office supplies, that's worth, you know, about $50 million a month to them. Um, so how high they come up when someone Googles something is very important. Absolutely. And so what made you want to get into SEO? Ah, oh, man, I've got a weird story of how I got into it. So I got into the industry when I was 13 of all ages. Uh, so my dad, I, you know, my, my family doesn't come from... Uh, a lot of wealth, but my dad had a, a really small company that did about you know, 30,000, 40,000 a year. Uh, and um, what happened was he signed up to a digital marketing company, promised him the world, locked him into a contract and then didn't do anything. So I was 13, playing a lot of RuneScape. I thought, well, I could have a crack at this. I could do this SEO thing. So I spent a lot of time learning and testing and doing, and I fell in love with it because it was the perfect mix of creativity and logic. Um, so I got a I got a job in it as well. I, got, I did some training work when I was 14 at an agency. Uh, I remember rocking up first day there in dad's suit, baggy oversized suit and a 14 year old rocking <laughs> up to train this team at a digital agency where everyone's in jeans and a tee. Um, but, but that was really how I got into it. And uh, it, I just grew into it from there. Awesome. So what was your journey like with that whole growing aspect in terms of starting working on your dad's company for the SEO to then yeah. getting a job at an agency and transitioning into your own thing? Yeah, well, um, I worked at this agency a day a week to start with part time, and then two days, and then three days. And then when I was 16, I moved to another agency. And I worked three and a half, effectively four days a week. So I was still at school. Um, the media loved to report that I dropped out of school and I did all these things and uh, partly true. I, I was there four days a week, um, but I just did that while I was at school. So I finished up high school, my exams and everything. 
Um, and then I had this crossroads, right? I was 17 at the time. Uh, and at this crossroads of, well, do I go on and, you know, work full-time in this agency, which is what they wanted me to do, or do I go and start my own? And yeah, I think at the time being 17, I had this good thing going. I was getting paid, you know, more than some of my friend's parents back then. Uh, and not coming from money, I think that got to my head a little bit. I had a bit of that ego. And so I left that company, uh, not on great terms. <laughs> and I started this company, uh, Studio Hawk. And as I did that, uh, it was a really bad time because I spent all my money um, creating it. And unfortunately, I was... Um, because uh, my mum my mom didn't have a place to stay, and uh, which is very unfortunate. My dad was staying with his partner at the time, and she made it clear that I was no longer welcome. So very quickly, I was couch surfing. I was on the streets for a couple of nights, and then I was couch surfing around Melbourne, in, in a, which is a city in Australia, um, while I was juggling this agency. So it was probably not my wisest decision to leave that company, but it did work out it was just many many months of you know um trying to get clients and doing doing work and rocking up to all these networking events it was look i'll be honest it was grueling um but the biggest thing that kept me going i just had this mindset of i'm either going to be couch surfing for the rest of my life or i can put 120 percent into this business and just hope for the best and that's exactly what i did and so, which I think is amazing. So what kind of kept you going with being able to also get those first few clients? Because I know mm. that that is something that often new entrepreneurs struggle with is just being able to get those first few clients and kind of keep the ball rolling from there. Yeah. I mean, the first few clients, I just remember because because I couldn't use them at that, that agency or, or anything to get them. I just had to like literally go to networking events um, calling people, doing everything you can imagine under the sun, emailing people, trying to get the work. I did a lot of free work, which I don't know if I'd advise, but that's what I had to do back then. And it took, you know, it took me a few months before I got a client, to be honest, um, you know, which is insane. Um, but what kept me going was that, that just core belief of if I don't do something, I mean, this is it. <laughs> there's no, there's no backup plan, no parachute, no safety net um that's it I, I can't afford to uh go to university my parents don't have the money for it um so it really was just a, if i can't make this company work i'm royally screwed and i think what your approach that you mentioned of if i don't do something this is it is so important yeah. because i think that that definitely kind of contributes to people's drive when they realize that it's either all or nothing and just yeah. really putting in the effort to keep going and get to where they want to be. Absolutely. A lot of my mentors describe um, a lot of the entrepreneurial journey is a lot of businesses when they start out, they're running from something like, which is like I was, I was running away from, from being homeless or sleeping rough. Um, whereas now I'm more running to something I'm running to, to this vision of educating the world about SEO and providing opportunity. So it's different kind of goals as you grow and the business matures. Absolutely. And Harry, what would you say was the most difficult part of starting your business while young? <laughs> Probably the biggest part was, again, like just not having a real real place or anything. Um, couch surfing around. I think if, if I looked at it just as an age thing, like what was the biggest difficulty in age, it was definitely getting the respect of people 
while I was too young. Um, while everyone was older than me, I had their respect through my skills and my ability um, in the SEO space, which is great. Um, but obviously when you're starting out in business, that, that goes out the window because, well, I didn't have any credibility behind me. Um, so it took me a lot of the time to build that and for people to take a chance on me because of my age. Whereas now, uh, age can often be something that works in my favor. I mean, I'm, I'm 23 now and um, everyone except for one person in my team's older than me of, of all the 30 across Australia and London. Um, and it never really comes up. I mean, I, I talk about this quite a bit, but it's just one of those things that because of my skill and, and experience and demonstration in those areas, I think people respect that a lot more than age. Age is the thing we look at when we don't have anything else to look at. So my advice would be to find a skill or something that people can look at instead of your age. That is great advice, especially too, because I started my marketing agency when I was 19 and I'm also 23. And I remembered that I just felt so nervous because I was like, no one's going to take me seriously if I'm only a sophomore mm. in college and just starting out. But now it's kind of funny because I'll speak to people and they're like, you're 23. I thought you were like 35. <laughs> and so yeah, right. it just kind of goes to show that when you believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing and what you know, it, age doesn't even matter matter at all yeah exactly right and and now it's more of a novelty than anything like i'll sit in these big board meetings with these you know multi-billion dollar companies and people like the fact that you know, there's some young guy sitting in the room that knows about seo they feel confident in that fact absolutely on the opposite end of the most difficult part of starting your business while young what was the most rewarding oh the most rewarding was easily hiring my first staff member um for me um the journey while it started out about getting a house a roof above my head um and making a difference in the agency world the biggest thing that's held true is you know now that i've got a, a roof and all those things is making a difference in that world and for me uh our, our motto is seize opportunity right and for me that was providing this opportunity to other people that maybe weren't as fortunate um so i met my general manager uh three years ago uh, at a networking event and he was about to get um evicted from his place and get sent back to tassie because he couldn't find any work um and so you know just at the time i just got in my first place uh, uh two years after starting the agency after about a year i got a share house and a year after that i got my own place and this is when i met him and um you know i made the call then and there that i would pay for his rent so he didn't get evicted uh, and give him a job because uh, we were really good buddies and he was in the SEO field and I thought he was very switched on, which which I guess correctly because he's a very incredible human being and just won um, Young Search Professional of the Year at the SEMrush Awards, which is a massive industry award. Um, but it was just, you know, so rewarding to to make this positive impact on someone's life, a memorable thing that, that it was kind of like a guiding beacon. And I got hooked on that feeling, right? So I wanted to help as many people as I could. So all of a sudden this agency I created, you know, it was never meant to be a, a big agency. It was just meant to be a, a small kind of thing to get me by. But mm -hmm. all of a sudden I wanted to help people. And I got this feeling, this rush when I did that. And so I wanted to try and hire people from these diverse backgrounds and train them up. Because um, one of my core beliefs is that anyone can really learn anything. They just need to have someone to teach them. And that's why I founded 
uh, Hawk Academy as well, which is an education platform, like you said, to teach people about SEO. Um, because I feel like if everyone had access to, to that, to those skills and the ability to do that, it would, it would just make it better for everyone. Everyone's, you know, the world's a better place in one small way. 100%. And I can totally relate to the feelings that you have about hiring your first person, because I, I feel like almost not that it's like a surreal experience of being a business owner, but I feel like we definitely tend to doubt ourselves and face that mm. imposter syndrome. So when you hire someone for the first time, you're like, oh, I'm actually legit. Yeah. And it's kind well, of I'm like responsible for people. Yes, exactly. And like you said, of just being able to provide your general manager with that job, I mean, is just huge. And knowing that the bill, the business that you're building is directly impacting not only your clients and benefiting them, mm. but also the people that work with you exactly right and that was the the real core focus like seize opportunity for clients so their opportunity is the amount of traffic and revenue that seo brings but seize opportunity also speaks to our staff it is about you know finding the opportunity in people and helping them realize that um, and taking them along for that journey so that's one thing i pride ourselves on Absolutely. And Harry, what was it like building out your team? Because I know you mentioned that you now have 30 people. So what was mm. your process of being able to build out a team that could be able to support what you need, but also figuring out what you needed to delegate? Oh, 100%. I think every business owner in the early days has trouble delegating, don't they? Um, for me, uh, because of what we did, we so instead of being a full service kind of agency, we were very specialized. So we just do um, SEO, we don't do AdWords or, you know, websites or anything like that. So very, very specialized for us. It was just, how can we get other good people on board that, that also know SEO or we can train SEO. Um, and so that's how it started out and it has all things do they snowball out of control. So at the start, I mean, I met Jacob, uh, my general manager and six months after that, we were hiring someone else and then Three months after that, we hired someone else. And, you know, that, that, that first person we hired together is now our London GM, funnily enough. Um, but it, it just kind of started snowballing. Now we're at the point where we're hiring two people a month um, in Australia. And I think we're hiring one every three months in London because uh, we've got a few people over there as well. So it just happened very, very quickly. I mean, delegating the task was... Uh, a matter of necessity rather than you know something I uh, consciously did at a certain point we had to trust our team we had to trust that people would do the right thing and uh, a big thing for us was because we showed them our loyalty by taking a chance on them we often found that we had their loyalty as well uh, so that really helped us scale and and build this this world-class team of SEO specialists Yes, absolutely. And then one thing that I think you really hit upon is that the more you're able to grow or build a team, the more you're able to grow your business, which I yeah. know for me was something I personally struggled with. And speaking with other business owners too, I know that that's something that they really have like this internal conflict where they worry mm. about investing money and people and things like that. But it's really in order to make more money, you have to spend money. And part of that goes exactly. into investing in the right people for your team yeah i think too often businesses are you know businesses talk a lot about their profit margin or their ebitda or all these kind of concepts and very important things right obviously we need to have a profit margin in order to run a healthy business but don't get obsessed with maintaining a 60 70 percent profit margin i mean a company like us we do about 
4 million in billings. Um, and we run off, you know, about like a 20 to 30% profit margin, which I'm very comfortable with. Um, you don't need to be, you know, making these crazy profitability margins because sometimes by decreasing your profitability, it increases your productivity of the staff by being able to pay them more, being able to reward them more and being able to do cool things like fit outs and cool office spaces to keep them working for you. That's a great thing to mention too, is just, it's not, it's never really about the money, but more so how you're able to keep going the things that you're doing. Right. Anything you you do in your life needs to be a win-win. And you learn that very quickly in the business world, whether it's a business relationship, needs to be a win-win, whether it's a staff relationship, it needs to be a win-win. People often preach about millennials being disloyal. Millennials aren't disloyal. We just know more. We know there's more (laughs) opportunities out there. Um, It's not, we're not going to work for the same crappy company for 20 years because they pay a, a bill. You know, for us working, you know, has become more and more tied to our life. We don't, leave work when we leave the office now. Uh, we try to, it just doesn't happen. You know, we're connected constantly. Um, so as such, it becomes a meaningful part of our life. And with meaningful parts of our life as millennials or as, as young people, we want it to be a positive thing. So we look for, for jobs and work that feel rewarding to us, whether that's compensation, which is a small part of it, but more how we're perceived by the organization. What's our importance? What are our coworkers like? What is our mission? Why do we get up every day? They're the things that you really need to bring to someone. And that's what these big companies do to make them work and continue to work for you. Otherwise, you'll get this great talent in the door and they'll walk straight out. 100%. And Harry, what do you think led to your success? Oh, what do I think led to my success? Uh, a lot of luck. Um, I think like every business owner, I mean, there's a certain amount of luck that a lot of people don't like to talk about because there is that ego thing of, oh, but I'm so great. I'm so great. A lot of what we do, um, you know, in the SEO industry is very much in the right place at the right time in this growing industry and realized that the market needed a specialized solution. Um, same with Hawk Academy, realized the market needed education on these things. But aside from, from luck, which, which you know, you, you do say you make your own luck, but the main thing that I would say is that commitment to people. Um, I believe strongly in investing in people. I think that a people-run organization is the best kind of organization you can have um, because it manages itself in large part. Um, so that, that win-win ideology, that idea of giving people a chance and giving them your loyalty first, those, those are the values that I think, um, you know, absolutely resonate and a strong why behind the business. I mean, our why, again, was to help um, create opportunity for clients to not have lock-in contracts, to, to make a difference to them um, and our people as well. And, and so when, when our guys and when myself wake up in the morning, you know, that's why we do it. And we know exactly why we do it. And that makes all the world of difference when you have a bad day. Yes. So true. It's just thinking about what your why and what keeps mm-hmm. you going. It, it definitely gets you through the times where you might be in sticky client situations or just doubting yourself. It really helps to keep that momentum moving forward for you. Exactly right. And, and just knowing that you're doing the right thing. That's why I'm so focused on 
doing the right thing, it just helps you sleep at night, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you don't have to worry about, oh, did I do this or I feel bad for doing this? You know, I think the media and a lot of TVs and movies portray business as this, you know, you know, shark v shark kind of situation where there's blood in the water and everyone's out to kill each other over it. Real business at a senior level is not like that. Um, business is done through people and people want to do business with good people. Um, so while you'll hear all these stories about all these influential people, you know, having met a lot of them as business people, they're, you know, genuinely lovely, caring people um, that want to do good things. And that's why they're in the position they're in. Um, the people that really are snaky and sharky, they're generally not people that have started businesses. They might fall in middle management or something like that. And it's just a reflection of, if you are a genuine kind person that wants to do the right thing, um, the business world will be very kind and favorable towards that, provided you don't let people take advantage of you. Right. And you actually just mentioned something that made me think of a question I wanted to ask you, which is how do you deal with clients who are a little bit difficult to work with for no, re no reason or no fault of your own, which I know is something that people really struggle with is when they yeah. kind of get into those sticky situations where they know they're working as hard as they can and doing everything that they can, but just not meeting just almost unrealistic. Yeah. yeah. Expectations. Oh, 100%. Look, two different answers that in the early days, as much as it sucks, if you need the clients and you need the revenue, you know, you have to bite the bullet and accept that, you know, you're going to be working overtime and working hard for no recognition. But the entire time you're doing that, focus on getting good clients. For every bad client, you know, one of, one of the sayings I always say in the agency is a bad client is worth five good ones. So get rid of the bad ones. So uh, when you get to a certain point, you want to fire every single one of your clients that do that. Um, it sounds like a weird thing to say, but you can absolutely fire and you absolutely should fire clients that have unrealistic expectations, are rude or unappreciative, all those things, they're going to be the ones that hold you back. Focus on the good clients that appreciate and value what you do. Yes, 100%. And I love that advice. And it's something that I can personally say I've struggled with over the years is just getting comfortable with letting go because I'm such a people mm. pleaser. But you get yeah. to the point where you're just investing so much time in someone who exactly like you said, doesn't appreciate what you're doing. And it's taking away from the people who genuinely admire all of the work that you're doing and value value you for it. Exactly right. And that's just a call you need to make. I mean, you need to realize at one point this person is not going to appreciate me no matter what I do. I could make this person a hundred million dollars and they're just not going to care. I need to focus my time and my effort on people that do appreciate what I do and people that are going to refer me more work um, as opposed to people that take up all my time and are never satisfied, you know, leave those people to other agencies that are desperate for the cash. Yes, absolutely. And so now I have a follow-up question to that, which is once you kind of identify that you have a client that it's better just to kind of let go of the relationship, how do you actually go about doing it? Like what's your recommendation for mm. kind of putting that into communication? Because again, I also know that something people struggle with is once they kind of make that decision, how do they actually do it in a way that's professional, but gets right to the point? Yeah, well, first of all, don't burn bridges, never burn bridges. 
uh, when I left that role at 17, I burnt bridges and it was, you know, a terrible mistake because I was couch surfing and, you know, on the streets for a long time afterwards, you know, mm. um, you never know what situation you're going to be in tomorrow. So keep all bridges open. Um, but secondly, you know, you're obviously not a good fit for each other. So I always just, you know, frame it and tell my guys to frame it from the perspective of, we don't think we're a good fit for you guys. Um, you know, here are some other recommendations of people that might be able to better work with you. Um, but, but as it stands, I don't think we're going to be able to help you achieve these goals and these milestones that you've, you've set, you know, wish them all the very best and help them transition in any possible way you can. And maybe even set up a call with a new person that is taking over the account. Don't, don't take that call and get all snarky. Like, Oh yeah, look out for this one. Like that's, mm. that's awful, but absolutely help them transition out and transition across. And you're not going to have a, you know, annoyed client. You're going to have a client that goes, yeah, we probably want a good fit and you know, get someone else and who knows this maybe this next person is a perfect fit maybe they just didn't like you for some reason maybe it was your shoes or maybe it was your hair <laughs> but whatever it was it wasn't a good fit and that's okay um there, there will be someone else out there for them yes 100 percent I think that's great advice is just, like you said, doing what you can to make it a smooth transition, but also understanding that it's okay if you are ready to move on and want to have better for yourself. Right. In a weird way, it's kind of like a breakup. Um, you know, it's unfortunate and maybe they, maybe they do still want to work together or stay together, but uh, ultimately both people in a relationship or both parties in a relationship need to want to be in that relationship. So if you don't feel like you want to be in that relationship, it's just a ticking time bomb. You've got to, got to find a way of parting amicably. Absolutely. One thing that I also want to ask you, Harry, is if there was one thing you wish you did differently or one thing you know now that you wish you knew then, what would it be and why? Yes. Um, the biggest thing that I would have done is I would have invested more into education earlier. Um, you know, we're, we're at this uh, position now, we're in Australia, we're you know, the largest SEO agency and in London, we're growing rapidly and we're, we've hit this dilemma of, oh, crap, we, uh, we need to hire people, but unfortunately, there's not enough skilled people in SEO. Um, they've heard the wrong things, got the wrong information online, and we've kind of let it go on um, with the amount of crap online just because... You know, it's hard to do anything about it. We didn't have the time, we didn't have the money, you know, all sorts of excuses. Mm. Um, and, and we've been working on this platform for 14 months, but I still wish we had done it sooner. But um, the Hawk Academy platform is to kind of address that problem and teach people about SEO in a really affordable manner. Like it's, you know, we've got a $40 option there that teaches you everything you'd need to know. Um, and the reason why I wish we did that earlier was because now we are at a point where we have to slow down the amount of clients we take on in preference of training new people. Um, and I don't want to put the chicken before the egg here where we have more clients and we have that typical agency problem where they have too many clients but not enough skilled team members. I, I want to make sure mm -hmm. we aren't doomed to repeat those mistakes of other agencies. So yeah, now it really is about, well, how do we train people? You know, how do we make our clients better clients by teaching them about what SEO looks like, what proper SEO looks like? And then how do we, you know, teach the next generation of people what SEO is and why it's a great career to get more people excited and passionate about it. So we've worked with some Australian universities, but 
now obviously we're going global and trying to get you know people from all reaches of the world um to get excited and passionate about this thing called seo that you know microsoft said was the most important hard skill for marketers to learn in 2020 so why don't we have courses and and you know ways of people to learn this Right. And what you mentioned is just the whole theme of always finding ways to keep learning because no one is ever going to know everything. And so Mm. one of my favorite things that I say to myself is I should never be the smartest person in the room. And I should always Mm. try to surround myself with people who know stuff that I don't. And so I think the point that you mentioned with that is just investing in education is huge. 100%. The one asset you will always have with you is your mind. Um, so learn, learn different things, challenge yourself, step outside your comfort zone. Um, you know, you, when, when you do something, you know, become an expert in one thing, but that doesn't mean you can't learn multiple things. Um, I know about AdWords. I know about web design. I don't offer them commercially, but it's very useful for me to know about them. Um, even, you know, any part of your business, if you're running an e-commerce store, a blog, like one of the things we did in the academy is because a lot of people don't think you can rank things right they still they think like oh seo doesn't work anymore i should have done it five years ago all the people that we interviewed these massive industry titans all said that they wish they did it or they did seo earlier or learned about it earlier um, because it is that channel it takes some time but it becomes a massive part of their business so yeah absolutely always be learning and um you know we, we started this blog and ranked it from scratch as part of it just to show that you can do it. And we, we were doing winery tours uh, <laughs> and we ended up getting a bunch of winery tours for free because we had this big wine blog and then COVID put that all to an end, but we've mm. still got a lot of people contacting us. So now we've got about 30 wineries banked up that we've got to go to. As <laughs> not a bad blog. problem to have. <laughs> not, not an awful problem to have a bit of, you know, a bit of cheeky SEO on this blog on the side while we're building out the course. And yeah, you see the power of it. I mean, for us, obviously it's not a primary focus, but, you know, anyone could easily turn that wine touring blog into a full-fledged business if they so wanted to. Absolutely. So it's really cool. Most definitely. Going off of that, Harry, why do you think it's so important for individuals to start a business at a young age specifically? Uh, it's a time in your life where, you know, you, you probably don't have a mortgage. You probably don't have a lot of dependents. It's a time where you can take risks, you know, um it, it's it's not the end of the world if something doesn't work out um you know you have time you have time to to do things and realize things without needing to worry about the repercussions of um you know a lot of the, the hurdles we have in everyday life so that's why i think it really is the, the time to do it Absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We have so many opportunities right at our fingertips that we Mm. may not necessarily not have in five or 10 years down the line. Exactly right. You just don't know uh, what's going to come around the corner. I mean, that's why it is, you know, such a good idea to, to try doing it while you can. If it doesn't work out, you know, it doesn't work out. That's okay. I mean, you know, we've gotten really good at this failure culture of getting better at accepting failure. There's nothing wrong with failure. It's uh, something that happens to everyone at every point in their life. Um, so, yeah. Love it. 
No, Harry, this has been such an awesome episode that I know our listeners will find so valuable. But if there was one last piece of advice that you could share with our listeners for someone who may just be starting out, what would it be? Don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone. Um, Whether it's talking on that stage, speaking at that event, even just doing something that, that makes you feel uneasy, uncomfortable, because you're really putting yourself out there. You know, every time I've seen a massive change, a massive shift in my business, it's because I've stepped outside of my comfort zone. You have to realize it's like a, it's like a race. You're in a race with a bunch of different people wanting to start businesses and do these things. Um, and it comes down to what you're willing to do. A lot of these people, you know, I'd say a good 50% of them that start a business aren't willing to talk on a stage. Boom, you're ahead of 50% of the race. Um, you know, and then you've got these people that aren't willing to attend networking events. Boom, another 50% of those people, you're ahead of the race. Mm. So you just have to do these things that get you out of your comfort zone. They're uncomfortable by definition. You know, no one that I've spoken to is like, oh yeah, I was really looking forward to my first speaking event on a stage in front of 50 people. I wasn't nervous at all. Yeah, you know, right. it was very nerve wracking. I speak on stages in, in front of thousands now and I almost was sick the first time I did public speaking. Um, and now, you know, I'm just used to it. But it didn't, it didn't start that way. It was stepping outside my comfort zone. And, and anything in business, hiring a first staff member, it's uncomfortable. You know, it feels nerve-wracking. I'm, I'm responsible for someone now. But you're making that step, right? You're stepping outside your comfort zone. And, and that's where the good things are. You have to do things that, you know, can be nerve-wracking to really achieve success. Yes, so true. What you just said reminds me of two of my favorite quotes, which is one, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And two, this one is by Marie Forleo, everything is figure outable, which I think just really relates to that whole unknown of trying something new and you don't know how it's going to work out. But exactly like you said, it's when you step outside of your comfort zone that you end up seeing the best results. 100%. Amazing. Well, Harry, this has been, like I said, such a great episode. And so now I'd love if you could share where our listeners can find you online in case they'd like to connect with you further. Yeah, sure. So um, the agency Studio Hawk, probably the best way of getting in touch with me is through our new initiative, the education platform called Hawk Academy. That's just at hawkacademy.co. Or you can send us an email at hello at hawkacademy.co as well. If you have any questions or, you know, want to want to collaborate on anything. Um, and we'll get in touch with you there. But that's probably the best way of engaging and getting in touch. Perfect. And I will make sure to leave those links in the show notes in case our listeners missed out on those the first time around. But Harry, thank you so much again for being a guest today. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much for listening today. I'd love it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with those who could use it most. For show notes and more information, go to student2ceo.com forward slash podcast.